CannabisRadio.com proudly presents 420 Cloud's Cannabis Connection, where we converge the biggest names in entertainment, business, technology, and medicine and connect them into our growing cannabis community. Connecting and educating the world about cannabis. CannabisRadio.com presents 420 Cloud's Cannabis Connection, ignited by MSIG. All right, thank you for joining us on the 420 Cloud's Cannabis Connection. I'm Alex Mardikian. Welcome to our 420 Cloud. This week, we have someone who I consider and I'm honored to interview, a powerhouse in the cannabis industry that really needs no introduction. I'm pleased to welcome a co-founder and the chief executive of the world's largest medical marijuana dispensary, the Harborside Health Center, as well as the co-founder and the president of the Artview Group. He is also the author of the best-selling book, The Cannabis Manifesto, A New Paradigm for Wellness. I'm talking about Steve D'Angelo. Thank you for being with us, Steve. Well, thank you for having me, Alex. It's great to be here. Uh, appreciate it. All right. Well, so let's get into it. Uh, you know, I've got some questions lined up and the first one I've got ready to go is, um, you know, talk to me about how excited you are for the 2018 and the California opening for business and recreational or adult use cannabis. Well, it's, it's tremendously exciting for me on a personal level because this is what I've been working for like, my whole life. Right. And uh, and so it's it's a dream come true that's that's been uh, hard fought and and hard won. And so it feels just on a personal level, really, you know, deeply gratifying to to finally be be going into this new era. Um, so so as an activist, as a human being who's gone through this struggle, it's it's pretty intense. As a business person, um, I, I think this is just going to be historic. I don't think the world has ever seen a a industry that is going to grow as rapidly as the legal cannabis industry in California is going to grow. I think it, it's just people will be studying what happens in California in the next year for decades at the Harvard Business School. <laughs> well, def- hey, 20 years ago, could you ever see this day coming? I mean, it's like... Oh, it's- I knew this day was going to come. <laughs> so you I, did. I you honestly that, felt that, deep down that this day was going to come. That's awesome. I, I knew. I knew from the time that I encountered this plant that it would be legal, and and I was determined to make that happen in in my lifetime. And the reason is simple: it's just too valuable. When you have yeah. a substance that's this safe, that provides this many benefits to so many people. That's so easily cultivated and potentially an inexpensive remedy for almost anything that ails you. I always knew it would be legal. Quite frankly, um, uh, I thought that we would get the job done a lot earlier than we did. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, you had good work. I mean, I know you are. And like I said in the beginning, I'm honored because, again, you are at the forefront of the fight and you're definitely being heard. So that is, uh, you know, it's so great. I mean. Next thing I got is like so far, California Bureau of Cannabis Control has been formed and the regulatory bill, M-A-U-C-R-S-A, to regulate both medical and adult use cannabis has been passed. How do you think the state legislature has responded in preparation for the adult use cannabis distribution? Well, I think that the legislature is a bit behind the, 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 the curve on adult use. Um, you know, we, we haven't seen any draft regulations for adult use yet. I, I, I think that's actually probably not the fault of the legislature, more the, the regulatory agencies. 
so we'll be getting temporary uh, adult use licenses that are going to be issued to existing medical cannabis businesses, uh, and that will happen on January 2nd. So we're, we're looking forward to that. But right now, it's, it's kind of difficult to assess because we, we haven't seen the final form of the regulations that we're going to need to live under yet. Mm, yeah. Well, then, <laughs> you know, so what obstacles are you concerned about that might, you know, be ready to go into, into time? You know, for example, about distribution licensing. You had mentioned in a recent article, nothing has been made clear that you know, clear that if any existing license will be rolled into a regular license or if you'll be need an additional license for self-distribution. Yeah, I, 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 I think that, that as I understand it, uh, even companies that want to self-distribute distribute will need to apply for and qualify for and abide by the, the uh, requirements of a distributor license. But what's, mm-hmm. really, what's really significant uh, is is that we beat back the alcohol industry who wanted to make a system of mandatory distribution so that if you had a cannabis company, you could not distribute your own cannabis, period. You had to go through a distributor. And, and fortunately, the, the legislature changed that and has now uh, given you the option. You can either use a distributor or you can self-distribute yourself. Mm, that's, that's cool. All right, so... Man, how big of an impact do you think adult use cannabis will make in California? You know, like, and when I say that, I'm saying, like, how do you think it will compare to Colorado rollout? I know you said in the beginning, this is like, you know, it's going to be world renowned. But using the comparison between Colorado and California, how do you see that? Well, when we're thinking about Colorado versus California, the first thing to think about is just scale, right? Um, that, that, you know, no matter how you measure it, the, the market in California is, is magnitudes larger than Colorado's. In fact, you can add up every single other legal state market for cannabis in the United States, and they just barely equal the California market in size. So the, the California market is going to become the main driver in the development of, of global cannabis brands. Uh, it, it's, it's going to um, uh, bring in a tremendous amount of talent. Uh, you know, California is the home of Hollywood, is the home of Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. is the birthplace of some of the most dominant global brands that we see in the world today. And so we've got this phenomenal talent pool who now is, are turning their talents and their resources and their networks to cannabis. I think that, that Ease was, was one example of, of this kind of talent coming to the table, but it's, it's really just the beginning of, of what you're going to see is, is really a transformation of cannabis from something that's been in a, a, almost a pre-industrial state uh, to a real modern industry. Uh, so it's, it, we, will, we will play the dominant uh, role uh, in the world uh, for sure. Oh, wow. um, how much of a bump will it be um, uh, in terms of how many more people will start consuming cannabis, how many people will start purchasing cannabis through legal channels instead of underground channels? I don't think that we're really going to know the answer to that question for a while, but it's a lot, okay? It is a lot. At Harborside, we are you know, busily preparing uh, all of our systems for what we expect to be at least a 50% increase in, in traffic and potentially a 100, 200% increase in traffic. So we're you know, really 
drilling down on all of our point of sale systems, all of our shopping carts, uh, all of all of our websites, all of the ways that we stay in touch with patients. We're expanding our retail floors uh, to to open them up. We're putting more educational aids on the floor uh, because we anticipate a lot of folks who are less familiar with cannabis uh, coming coming into the shops. Uh, we uh, down at our farm are you know really. Uh, putting our, our attention on growing high-quality cannabis without pesticides in it. It's mm. another thing that will change. Yeah, right? that's, that's um, huge. So it is. It's, it's one of the great benefits of legal cannabis is that cannabis consumers are finally going to have the same kinds of consumer protections that the consumers of every other product in the United States have had for decades. And uh, but that's going to cause some pain, and it's going to cause some 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 you know people are going to have to learn some new skills. So, you know, for example, to to grow cannabis without pesticides and without microbiological infections from the kinds of things that pesticides usually deal with uh, is 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 challenging. It's it's not an easy thing, and uh, and so a lot of folks who have been growing cannabis in a in a less professional way, are really going to need to to start bringing some more modern agricultural techniques to the table, and uh, and and that's that's going to be challenging for a lot of folks. Yeah, I mean, because again, you know, I know we use these words like big pharma, but I think everyone forgets there is big agriculture, and they have like a a lot more of a guideline of how they do things. So it's really cool to see that you know you're already there, going in that you know with that direction, and it will be a ripple effect for a lot of people. I did pick up on the thing too, and I really dig the fact that you say, like with California, it being you know the birthplace of a lot of brands, right? And you know Hollywood and so forth. But again, it's funny when the, everyone talks about Cal Exit, right? I mean, it's like it's like what is it, the ninth biggest uh, money maker in the world? You know, compared to countries, California independently is such a wealthy state in that in that respect. So. I guess with uh, with you know cannabis coming legal, it'll definitely um, it'll be very exciting. Well, oh I, yeah, and I mean you're already seeing you know companies from around the world uh, and from different states uh, coming into in, into California, and that's going to continue to happen. And you know hopefully some of the birth uh, brands that we give birth to in, here in California will will jump the board to places like Canada and and we'll start seeing a, a global cannabis economy developing. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm sure your ripple effect will go everywhere and your global your global brand, you know, will definitely be seen and heard. So, I'm excited to be part of that. Stay tuned. We're coming back with more with Steve D'Angelo. More of 420 Cloud's Cannabis Connection coming up. But first, let's connect you with our sponsors. Running a successful cannabis business isn't easy. Successful businesses need to have strong people to achieve long-term results. At Live Advisors, we believe people are the heart of business, and training people can help you infinitely grow your business. Learn more about our offerings at liveadvisors.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. 
Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Connecting the world to cannabis one show at a time. Welcome back to 420 Cloud's Cannabis Connection, ignited by Imsig and the 420 Cloud app, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. We are here with the cannabis activist, advocate, entrepreneur, and educator, Steve D'Angelo. So, you you know, we talk about, again, as I mentioned, uh, you know, with big agriculture, but then getting into big, you know, big pharma, you know, and here's, uh, here's the one we go with is, um, so the opioid issue, you know, it continues to be make plenty of mainstream headlines. And you've dealt with the federal government personally with the stance, you know, but then, um, you know, there's been no conclusive data showing that marijuana acts as a gateway drug. I always loved that one. In school growing up, you know, oh, the gateway drug, all the bad things are going to come from marijuana. So that leads up to opioid use, right? So do you feel the federal government will step back and on this argument realize cannabis and opioids are two completely different issues? So it appears it appears tentatively that 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 they are not going to make any kind of serious attempt to link the opioid crisis to the advent of legal cannabis. Um, and I base that on a couple of, of things that happened in the course of the last several weeks. First, Chris Christie, who is the head of mm-hmm. the of the government of the government's opioid commission, uh, uh, did an interview on national TV in, in which he said, more or less exactly this. He said the, the opioid crisis did not start on our street corners. It, it started in our doctor's offices. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost, uh, 98% of the people who are addicted today got their first opioid from a doctor. So uh, that seems to be a pretty clear and definitive statement that would be difficult even for a weasel like Christie to back down from. Um, and that the other thing that happened is that the, the president's commission on cannabis reform uh, came out and uh, and this was a commission that was impaneled just after Trump was elected to take a look at federal enforcement of cannabis laws and give Jeff Sessions some direction on, on where he should go in light of all the reform that, that he was facing. And the report came back saying, uh, you need to study it somewhere. Don't do anything. So uh, I, I, I am cautiously optimistic that Jeff Sessions has, has realized that it would, it would not be a political win for him to take on legal cannabis right now. Uh, I think that we're still a few months away from knowing that for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, the, the legislation that blocks the DOJ from enforcing federal cannabis laws in, uh, in California, mm-hmm. is, its fate is uncertain. We're not exactly sure uh, whether we're going to have that protection uh, moving forward or not. So uh, we, if we lose that protection, we'll soon find out what Jeff Sessions' intentions are. But my belief right now is, is that the, the Trump administration's position is that the ball is, has rolled too far down the field for them to move it back in any significant way. Yeah, well, let's see on that. I mean, definitely. But it does seem it's like it's too far out. So, you know, they can't take you can't take that back. It'd be cataclysmic. Um, OK, so you well, were the I'll key. Tell you what. 
Yeah. Jefferson Beauregard, if Jefferson Beauregard Sessions wants to come to Oakland yeah. and try to take away our rights, we'd be happy to teach him the same lesson that we taught Melinda Hay. Right? Melinda Hay was federal was U.S. attorney who tried yeah. to close Harborside down and ultimately gave, gave up because we beat her up so badly. And we have an equal and undying appetite for this kind of fight with the federal government. So <laughs> if Jefferson Sessions wants to give it a try, we're ready. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> you got the gloves on, ready to go, or, you know, <laughs> the gloves off, better to say. All right. <laughs> well, you were the key keynote speaker at the National Cannabis Industry Association, right? The conference in Oakland last month. And you spoke about cannabis production and the legalization with Mexico. Okay, and you got to speak with the former president of Mexico, Vince Fox. Um, what can you tell us about, you know, what you spoke about publicly and I mean, even privately? Well, I, I, I have I have a relationship with with President Fox. Uh, he is a strong supporter of cannabis legalization. He's mm -hmm. working with the Mexican Congress uh, in order to get appropriate uh, uh, regulations and, and legislation passed that would allow the development of a legal cannabis industry in Mexico. They've made some pretty significant progress in that direction. A bill has passed the Congress that would allow legal medical cannabis production um, uh, and consumption in Mexico. Right now, they're working through the regulatory structure to, to implement that law. So if, if all goes according to plan, uh, within the next 12 to 24 months, I think we'll see legal medical cannabis in Mexico. Oh, that's so crazy. Canada, Mexico, I mean, it's just, it's rock and roll. Um, well, we've talked international, you know, we've, we've talked federal and on a state level, and now let's talk local. You know, would love to get your take on the Oakland City Council unanimously approving the equity permit program and how that, you know, how it benefits that community, you know, you know, since that's where you are and how, you know, it could be for the areas about a state. Yeah. So, um, you know, about, well, about the time that we started having conferences in the legal cannabis industry and I started giving speeches, and this is several years ago now, I, I would look out from the podium and I would see mostly people who looked like me, older white men. Mm. And that was really troubling to me uh, because I understand the history of prohibition. I understand that prohibition was enacted in this country uh, around between the turn of the century and 1937 for the express and deliberate purpose of having social control mechanisms over black and brown people, over mm. African-Americans and, and over Mexican-Americans. Mm. And so as we bring this plant back out of the shadows and into the light, uh, we can't forget the real victims, uh, uh, the people who have really suffered out of this thing. And, and I'm not saying that there are plenty of white people who have suffered, including myself. The real brunt of the war on cannabis has, has fallen on people of color. And so mm -hmm. it's not okay with me to build an industry that does not include people of color. Uh, and, uh, and so over the course of the last several years, uh, we as an industry uh, have been forming organizations. So Women Co. Is, 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 is an advocacy organization uh, for diversity within the industry, the Minority Cannabis Business Association out of Oregon. Another organization that's working in that direction, DPA, has made efforts. Mm -hmm. And uh, and in Oakland, as this was taking a look at, at, at regulating um, uh, adult use, 
the idea was was brought up that there should be some kind of equity component to it. So um, uh, that's the good part of diversity in Oakland. The bad part of diversity in Oakland is that Oakland is a politically dysfunctional city. Uh, it, it has a really difficult time getting anything done. Mm. And this issue uh, was taken up by Councilmember Desley Brooks, uh, who is one of the most contentious people on the council. And she had some very definite ideas about how she wanted to achieve equity that were at odds with most of the industry, most of the communities of color, and most of the council. Mm -hmm. And so over the course of the last more than a year, uh, we have been arm wrestling in Oakland over the best way to achieve the, the goals of, of equity and diversity that all of us are looking for. Yeah. And fortunately, during that period of time, uh, other cities across the state uh, moved much more quickly. And so you have places like West Sacramento, uh, Santa Rosa, my prayers to Santa Rosa right now. Oh, no, yeah. Um, uh, um, uh, and, 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 and other cities that have moved much more quickly to license cannabis businesses and have implemented much more favorable tax rates on those businesses than Oakland has. And so... You know, Oakland uh, a year and a half ago was really positioned to be the epicenter of legal cannabis in California, and and sadly, I think that opportunity is now has now moved on to other cities. Mm, that is sad. Time for one more break. We're coming right back with Steve D'Angelo. More of 420 Clouds Cannabis Connection coming up, but first, let's connect you with our sponsors. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Connecting the world to cannabis one show at a time. Welcome back to 420 Cloud's Cannabis Connection. Ignited by Imsig and the 420 Cloud app. Only on CannabisRadio.com. 
We've been talking with cannabis activist, advocate, entrepreneur, and educator, Steve D'Angelo. Well, I mean, so you've endorsed uh, Gavin Newsom, right, for governor of California in 2018. So, you know, how do you feel he will help the cannabis industry? And have you been asked uh, to be involved directly? Or can I ask that? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, I, I absolutely am a very strong supporter of Gavin Newsom, um, A, because of his position on cannabis. Uh, when it comes to politics, I'm, I, I'm really a one-issue guy. Okay. And if a politician, cool. elected official, has the right position on cannabis, uh, I, I will I will almost always support them. Uh, in, in the case of Gavin, many of his other positions also line up with my position, so it makes it a little bit easier. But just on a personal level, uh, I have never, and I've sat down with a lot of elected officials and, and candidates now, I have never sat in a room with another politician who was as genuine and as real and as down to earth and as smart as Gavin. Oh, he's wow. just really impressive on a personal level. Uh, beyond that, he's already helped the industry, right? Uh, his endorsement of, 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 of Prop 64 was really, really important. Um, not just because he carried weight himself, but because when Gavin got on board, there were a lot of allies of Gavin who would have been opposed, who either endorsed or at least did not oppose. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's, you know, that, 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 that was a huge help. And, you know, of course, Prop 64 is, is what's going to allow California to become this cradle of cannabis brands. So yeah. he's already helped us a, a lot. And I think that what we can expect from him moving forward is, is that he is, he is going to enforce the, the cannabis laws in California uh, in a spirit of even-handedness and fairness. Uh, that doesn't mean he's going to cater to the industry because he's not that kind of guy, and, and, and we can't expect that from him. But mm -hmm. what we can expect from him is a good faith balancing of all of the different interests in California that are affected by cannabis. And I expect that sometimes Gavin and I are going to disagree on particular issues, but, um, but he will approach them with good faith. And all, our alternative, I think, uh, from any of the other people who are in the race uh, is is a is a commitment that that we can't distinguish whether it's because of political opportunism uh, or or whether it's a real commitment and and with Gavin we know because he's already been there. Yeah, well that's yeah, and and of course with that endorsement, you're right. That's huge. You know, I mean that's you know he's already you know set set the road and the path. So I mean now it's just it'd be great to see him in office over there, and you know and your involvement. So. Well, getting into, like you had mentioned, you know, more on a personal side. So you recently played a big part at the wedding of Zach Walton and one of uh, your employees, Danny Gein. So the Guardian newspaper had come out and reported on it. So tell me about, you know, how that all came about and what you were able to do at the event to make it so memorable. Well, my assistant, Danny Gein, uh, now Danny Walton, uh, is one of the most dynamic, uh, knowledgeable, charismatic figures in, in the cannabis industry. And, uh, and so she, she has been traveling with me to industry events uh, for many years now, and she knows everybody, and, uh, and, and including a lot of different reporters. And so there's, there's been a journalistic interest in, in cannabis weddings. There have already been a, a couple of articles that were written earlier 
But when the reporters heard that Danny was getting married, like they were all over it. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so, <laughs> and, 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 and it was just, a, it was a beautiful wedding, right? It was a classic California wedding on the beach. She had a beautiful arbor uh, that was set up that had cannabis leaves in the arbor. Uh, the bride and groom, uh, instead of slipping rings on each other's fingers, uh, dabbed each other out. Oh. Um, uh, that rig that was there underneath the, uh, underneath the Arbor, um, uh, in their vows, uh, their vows, you know, reflected their, their commitment, uh, to, to cannabis uh, with each other. Uh, there were gift bags that, uh, that, you know, all of the cannabis companies that love Danny contributed to. So everybody who went to the wedding just had this, you know, amazing goodie bag of, of, of stunningly amazing free cannabis stuff and like a large amount of it. It was not a modest gift bag. Um, <laughs> definitely, definitely the wedding you want to be at. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was just wonderful. And, and, and then, you know, and, and then the, the, the uh, reception and, and, and dinner uh, afterwards, of course, had some, some lovely infused foods and the bouquets uh, on the table were bouquets that were composed of roses that were uh, uh, donated to Danny and Zach by uh, a rose nursery that's just down the street from our cannabis garden, our cannabis farm in the Salinas Valley. And so those roses were, uh, were placed in the bouquet along with cannabis flowers uh, from, from our farm. And one of those bouquets was on each table, and there was a little... Um, Oh, uh, uh, I forget what you call it, uh, but a little uh, like a lapel flower that all of the men and, and oh. all of the women had on their on their chest. <laughs> corsage. That's yeah, corsage. Didn't haven't worn one of those since <laughs> since uh, prom, I think. Well, I don't even remember prom, but it's been been many decades. All right. <laughs> well, cool. That's a sound that does sound memorable. So no question. You know what? We've uh, you know run out of time, and I've just uh, so appreciate that you gave us your time, Steve. And you just you know you're you know forerunner, and you're out there doing what you are for the industry, and you know getting it, you know educating people. I think that's the biggest part of it, you know. And hopefully the you know the government, the, you know from a federal level, they get educated as well, and they get that understanding, especially with this opioid problem that's out there. So we enjoy having you, and thank you so much. Well, thank you very much. It's 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 really wonderful to to be able to talk to you and to have an appreciative audience. Uh, my my very best to everybody who's listening. All right, cool. Take care. Want to find out more about MSIG? Go to msiggroup.com, or check out our ticker symbol on the OTC spelled M C I G. Download the 420 Cloud app available both Android and Apple. Open the doors to opportunity through the nation by posting your free ads at 420jobsearch.com. You can download episodes of 420 Cloud's Cannabis Connection on cannabisradio.com or subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.